0: Hello and welcome back to Upfront with Jane. Today I am joined by Sahana Sekran, who is the Marketing Director at Content Square. We got in contact with Sahana because she did a presentation about imposter syndrome and how it's something that's definitely she's experienced in her career and how she's managed to constantly keep working on it to overcome the syndrome, but it's definitely real. Um, So she shares her experiences with us in the podcast today and talks about how she's turned herself from being a no person and putting herself forward very much becoming a yes person. She also shares insights as to how B2B marketing should not be boring, which we obviously agree with, as well as how she's worked her way up in a predominantly male industry to become a female director of marketing. So without further ado, I shall introduce you to Sahana. Hi Sahana and welcome on board, thank you so much for joining me. Hey Jane, thank you for having me. No, it's an absolute pleasure. Um, to kick things off then, could you introduce yourself and tell me a little bit more about your role and um, what you do? Yeah, so my name is Sahana, I'm currently the
1: Director of Marketing at a company called Content Square, so we are uh, an experience analytics platform who basically help you understand what your customers are doing on your website and how you can improve the experience for them so my role is to spread the word about what we do and to market in the regions in the UK and northern europe so nordics and netherlands and yeah my favorite part of the job is just i have the most amazing team we're super creative we really believe that where, you know, we're a B2B company, we don't need to be B2B marketers, we don't need to put ourselves in a box and play it safe. So we're all about creating campaigns, really
0: fun events. And yeah, just making marketing a bit more
1: human. and fun. Yeah, it's
0: interesting that you say that, actually, because i um, being a digital marketing agency and having majority of our clients in the B2B sector, I think sometimes um, it's almost forgotten that you're still marketing is still a person that's making yeah. a decision at the other end. Um, and it's definitely still a personality you don't want to feel like you have to be boring just because it's business yeah business.
1: exactly and yeah you forget that you you're you know you're targeting x brand but you're still speaking to someone who sat at their laptop at home working from home with the same kind of you know feelings and emotions that you have as you as well so I always think you can connect someone on a one-on-one basis that that's your way into the bigger brand or the company or the team
0: your kind of um, target audience, if you like, do they tend to be the decision maker then? Are you almost equipped in them with the information to go to a decision maker or are you speaking to somebody who is an end decision maker then?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, we, we, we cover kind of all spectrums of it. So uh, some of the time we can go into someone who's very practitioner level that comes to us because we've got loads of experts in CRO or digital marketing or whatever it is. And we always share what our clients are doing to try and create this knowledge hub so we attract a community of people that just want to learn with us and hear from what some of our clients are doing and then we also then try and put out some really compelling content for some of the more decision makers that are actually trying business changes and team changes
0: and we can show how we fit into that picture as well so is it an education piece as well or do you find that a lot of people are coming to you from a switch from somewhere else or what's the (laughs) yeah
1: it's a bit of both um Hmm maturing now when i first started at content sky what five years ago Mm -hmm. understand the space that we were in we were having to explain why experience analytics was important and then saying okay and that's what we do whereas now people are really savvy to it Um, customer experience has become so important after dare i say it covid everyone's been online and it's just been the heart of everyone's strategy so customer experience, customer analytics, all of those words are now big buzzwords. And yeah, we do have, there's plenty of um, tools and uh, strategies that people have in place around customer experience. So it's a really good time actually for us. It's been a really good few years because we've been able to help a lot of companies get through COVID and be able to deal with the
0: volume of customers online and providing that amazing experience that's that's brilliant so to get to director in marketing you must have had an interesting journey along the way I know a lot of our listeners are in early stages of their career or they're looking to get into digital marketing can you tell me a bit about how you've worked worked your way up to that position
1: yeah so um I think I I've always had um a bit of I think everyone's got a bit of hunger in their belly so I remember when I was at university I was like skipping lectures to go to a marketing internship and getting in trouble with my my tutor or whoever it was because I was, you know about my job than than my degree which was mental and then my first um uh, that internship then gave me a role because I just asked and I went look I think I'm pretty good at what I'm doing here can you make a role for me and they did Um, loved the experience in my first role and I was traveling loads and learning a lot. And I think learning was really key in that role. I got to experience loads of different channels of marketing. Um, And then I think I realized that the industry that I was going to be in was important. I was working in education, which was a bit stale and a bit old-fashioned when it comes to marketing. I mean, I was writing newspaper adverts and radio adverts and I was in my young 20s thinking, what am I doing? (laughs) This is old-fashioned so then um that's when i stumbled across content square and i've had the most incredible journey here um and there's a few reasons really i've had an incredible manager i've had a real like hunger to go and and get things and ask and try and make things happen mm-hmm. and just always been learning um like always having that that um priority in your mind to make time for learning, for growth, for getting better, and like never getting complacent. So when I first joined Content Square, I was the number two marketer in the team. There was like 10, 15 of us in the office. We were tiny. We were just starting out. We were a French company. So even our website was in French. Like we were starting from ground. Zero. I was hired as an events marketing manager, but ended up doing absolutely everything from content, campaigns, events. Um, and it was just me and my manager at the time. So we were very tight knit, very much on the same mission. And he was the most incredible manager. I rave about him all the time because he mm. worked. He really put my growth and my progression first. And um, we had an amazing few years together where he helped me become a manager for the first time, helped me take on more strategic responsibility. He eventually landed me his own job. That's yeah. the he was in, in wanting me to succeed and you know he had his own agenda of I'm going to take this role I'm going to move this is what I going to do so let's set you up and get a place where the company can only say yeah that makes sense Sahana should take that role so yeah we worked through a lot of stuff um something I talk about a lot is imposter syndrome and he really helped me overcome that and I had to really battle that myself because I was young when I joined this company um there was lots of men because it was pre- sales at the start of a startup and it was so intimidating
0: mm-hmm.
1: in confidence and to find a voice and for comfortable being myself in the room were all things I had to overcome in those few years and my manager was amazing and yeah I just had to work really hard at doing
0: that and thankfully all of that has come to fruition yeah yeah and it's fascinating isn't it actually how when somebody believes in you and backs you awesome. and then actually um respects your opinion rather than telling you what to do how that can just enhance your confidence and make you so much more of a asset to the team really yeah, yeah. Um, but interesting that you mentioned confidence as well within a team because actually I think sometimes when you are young when you're starting out you don't realize how much you don't know until you know it but equally I think that there's certain probably intimidation in a team that's been there a very long time thinking hang on this person's come in they're young they're new they've got ideas and you don't know that when you're in that position yourself but you probably created a little bit of intimidation to them as well equally yeah potentially I've never really thought about it that way
1: (laughs) I was um I very much felt the odd one out because I was the only woman I was the only person of color in the room a lot of the time and yeah I felt like the odd one out and I was like oh my gosh everyone knows each other they're all these big personalities they're all male and I'm not matching up to that atmosphere that they've already got was yeah. they probably looked at me and thought oh how do we welcome this person into I've got someone who's completely different that thinks and speaks differently yeah completely right they maybe saw that as change for them as well
0: probably had to change the office banter in your presence slightly and everything I think well. it got worse <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think right I enabled it <laughs>
0: She's all right with it. We've pushed the boundaries; She's letting it go. So um, we'd actually um, invited you on the podcast because we'd um, come in contact with you through the marketing meetup where you did a whole presentation about imposter syndrome. So that was a key area that I wanted to talk to you about today. Um, you touched on it already is this something that you've battled with and it's something that you absolutely obviously can vouch for the fact it is very w- real something that um, if we're honest everybody suffers with to some degree or another um, and can you share and can you share a bit of your story or some of the things that have perhaps helped you yeah so
1: I think you're hundred percent right I think everyone has feelings of imposter syndrome at some point it was really funny when I put that talk together for the marketing meetup um, I was working on loads of versions. I did one at, you know, an internal event as well, just to practice it. And I put a video on LinkedIn just talking, like a very brief video about imposter syndrome. And one of those guys that was in the sales team when I first joined Content Spare messaged me and he said, I didn't realize it had a name. I didn't that feeling of describing had a name. I have that feeling. And it's so crazy because I was thinking I was the odd one out and I felt imposter syndrome in that room, whereas everyone gets it, whether it's a new job, a new partner, going on a first date, any situation where you might not feel good enough or intimidated, I think everyone everyone goes through it. And I've definitely had it. I think there are some factors that can maybe play into it more, especially in the workplace around being a woman or being a person of color or being in a minority group um, can definitely fuel imposter syndrome. I think for me, In most situations in the workplace, I don't have many people that look like me or that I can aspire to that look like me. And I think that plays into it as well. Um, But my experience, yeah, uh, I said it in my talk. I was very much a no person. I would just like avoided risk, talked myself out of a lot of opportunities. Um, You know, when I first, my manager first suggested, why don't you go for my role? Like you could do it. I was I was like flat out. No, absolutely not. You you must be crazy. People would never agree to that. And I, I just talked myself out of it and he's yeah. like, I to try. And I, I almost didn't want to try because I just didn't have the belief that I could do it. And I think a lot of people become no people because this voice in your head starts saying, no, you can't do that. No, you don't know what you're talking about. No, no, that person's completely misunderstood you and has, you know, got the wrong idea about how good you are at something. And um, my manager helped me realize that that's what I was doing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Notice the signs in me that, yeah, you're not really saying to yes to many opportunities you're not uh, confident to try new things you put off things you procrastinate and, and the signs were pretty clear he took the extreme approach with me where i'm, like, <laughs> I'm going to make you do things i'm going to tell you that you're doing this you're not going to have a choice which worked well yeah. and it worked um so i ended up trying to come up with methods to to make things easier for myself so if he said right you're gonna host our next event you're going to do public speaking for the first time normal sahana would say no no thank you i'm out uh find someone else whereas i started to try and come up with tactics to say right how can i say yes to this what can i do to make the decision a bit easier can i ask him to do maybe one with him next time and then i'll do one on my own can i ask him to do you know half an hour with me every week on public speaking can I ask him to actually book me onto a course of public speaking like how can I build this confidence to then get to the point where I want to say yes and yeah a lot of it has been putting like real practices into place you have to constantly overcome imposter syndrome I think it feels quite tiring if you get some good habits in place I think you can mm. no. like I still get imposter syndrome now
0: And I think everybody does. And I think sometimes it can change as well throughout the week, even. You might have a day where you think, I'm really just not feeling it today. I'm just Mm -hmm. not for me. Whereas actually it only takes a bit of a confidence boost or somebody to believe in you or a compliment or a series of events that knocks you. Um, Sometimes it's about obviously just celebrate the wins just yeah. compliment yourself because i think internally we're a lot harder on ourselves than we would be we would never speak to somebody else in the way that we can talk to ourselves at times yeah. and put ourselves down really
1: yeah. um,
0: and i think like you said absolutely putting yourself out of your comfort zone what's the worst that can happen you're gonna you know if you've survived that then it gives you that level of confidence mm-hmm. to try something else
1: and just and just get the support around you there's not really situations where you're being thrown in the deep end and there's no one there to help or to give no. practice run with I think we we get scared to ask for help a lot of the time we don't realize it's out there like you said we get stuck in our own head we talk to ourselves completely different to the way we speak to others. yeah them. um something that you just said it's actually a really maybe clever way of thinking about it is on those days where you have the bad days mm-hmm. and feel you're very confident and uh, you're just not up for many things don't make decisions on that day yeah
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Well, and on the days where you've had an awesome meeting that you've come out with and you feel shit hot at your job, maybe that's yes. the day you say, I'm going to think about trying something new today. I'm going to put myself yeah. to something. I feel as
0: confident. That can mm. be a really great way to deal with the good and the bad days. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it can be as simple as like, oh, I've sent that over to a client. Do I pick up the phone? I'll put it off. I'll do all these other things first. Whereas actually, it's a person at the end of the phone. What's the worst yeah. they can say? No, we don't want that. Thank you. More often than not, you'd be surprised that they just haven't had a chance to get back to you. Yeah. <laughs> Save me a job. Let's do this. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Bust your own myths, is what I always say as well. Um, yeah. yeah, don't don't assume what someone's thinking. You could be. No, you are.
0: Like, we can't read minds. No, absolutely. And I think sometimes you automatically jump to the negative, then, don't you? And think, yeah. oh, you don't want to know me. It wasn't good enough. It wasn't right. Um, whereas, actually, just pick up the phone and find out, and you might no. be surprised. Nice exactly exactly so we are in a predominantly male dominated industry still in digital um and I know that's something that you're passionate about raising the voice for women making it more acceptable for women to get into digital especially Mm e commerce can you talk to me about how you feel that's changing or um what you're doing to fly that flag
1: yeah so um So it's funny, when I first joined uh, Content Square and I was running a lot of our events right at the start, it was my job to find speakers, panels and kind of populate the content and the people that were speaking at our events. And I was running one event and it was so fun and I was so proud of it. So we did it at this like big, um, it's called Club Tropicana and everyone's lanyards were on like these Hawaiian lays. Oh, brilliant. (laughs) Incredible fun venue ever. Um, our exec team came around and said it was amazing and I just felt so good I was like this is my good day I've like nailed it everyone's proud and then we were getting to the end of the main stage talks that we'd planned out on the stage I looked up at the stage and I saw five middle-aged white men annoyingly they were all wearing like similar outfits and it just looked like the most undiverse panel mm-hmm. and it only hit me then which is terrible in itself because I'd been planning that event for months. Mm-hmm. We did have some people in, the, in our audience feed that back to me later and say, could we have had a woman? Could we have had more diversity on the stage? Like, we'd love to see that next time. So I kind of left that event with my tail between my legs and kind of slept on it and thought about it. And I went to the office the next day and I decided... We actually have a responsibility that we don't realize that we have, which is spotlighting women and diversity in our industry. If we're going to be putting on these events and giving people the the time and space to share, we need to to make that fair. Came back to the team and I was like, right, have an idea. It's called e-commerce. This is why I want to do it this is what I think we need to fix. I think we need to spotlight women more in the industry. I think that would be a really good turning point for the industry to see more female speakers, to inspire more women, and then also talk about topics that we might not speak about in the industry. Maybe it's being a mother at work or how to get promoted as a woman or what women leadership looks like. And obviously the whole team turned around and went, yes, let's do it. That sounds great. So we, we trialed it, um, I, I pitched it to uh, our director at the time, and I was like, this is my idea, I'm just gonna give it a go and I'll let you know how it goes. And he was like, on board, here's some budget go. We just did a very small event where we had only female speakers. We had someone talking about babies bragging as a woman and something like that. We had someone who'd started their own business that came and talked about how she did that as a woman. Uh, we had someone who'd never done public speaking before who we helped coach up and speak in front of people for the first time. And it was incredible. It was like one of the best events I'd ever been to. The audience were amazing. We had 50% men and women in the audience, which Good. I thought was incredible. And it's just grown from there. So I think now we have around 2,500 people in the community. We run loads of virtual and in-person events. Um, and most of the time it's women speakers. We've had male speakers come and talk before. We've had someone from HSBC come and talk about how he levels the playing field for women in his team. Brilliant. Someone from Adidas come and talk about how we can start rethinking about our websites and how we gender women and men sections on clothing websites, for example, gender inclusive. We've just had all sorts of topics, all sorts of ways by all sorts of people. and. What's really nice is the, the feedback that we've been getting, the confidence that people seem to be getting from taking part in our events and hearing from other women, being inspired. And yeah, it's been really lovely and I can't wait to do more with it.
0: That's brilliant. And it's nice to hear that you're keeping the balance as well. I think sometimes when you go the other extreme and it is all women, you know, it's healthy to have that, like you said, diverse mix because I know yeah. when we get all male teams or all female teams, we, we are naturally different. We do think differently and it's healthy to have both viewpoints um, and come together and it creates a bit more of a harmonious balance, I think. If you get too many females together in a team, it, it's not ideal. Too many males, obviously definitely not ideal. <laughs>
1: yeah, and I, I also think it's not just our problem to solve. It's a mm. problem to create equality between men and women. It's all of our It's all of our problems, right? Yeah. A bit of awareness, you know, I go to some of these events and I learn about things that I don't know about and I'm a woman. So imagine what that could be like for, for males in the industry and for people that, that just don't have exposure to these types of things. So, yeah, the feedback has been is really good. And I'm going to try and keep it inclusive of men the whole time and have men speak and men involved. And what can we
0: all do collectively to make the industry better? Yes. Yeah. And it's definitely the world has changed. I think majority of couples, the women, the woman does work as well. So it's definitely a juggle, juggling act. For the children. Yeah. But that affects men as well. You know, the childcare falls with both. So I think the topics that women and men are talking about around how to be a good parent and be good. Be good at your job. It affects oh, everyone, yeah. really. Especially, yeah. um, even more so throughout lockdown when people have been trying to homeschool over the last <laughs> eighteen yeah. months and and trying to work. But I think as a positive, that's opened up a lot of. um things that would have been boundaries before where you felt like that had to be put in a separate box whereas actually that is you as a person that's part of your character isn't it and pets.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like I've, it's amazing stuff because of, of lockdowns and things like that. I've had someone in our sales team be on our Monday sales meeting holding his baby and I think stuff I've seen even you know pre pre-lockdown so mm-hmm. it started to open up the conversation and break down some boundaries in terms of being you know, family and, and the roles that you both play
0: in that yeah I mean I know as a female um founder and owner of the business having had two children myself I've very much been conscious of trying to hide the fact just even being pregnant client meeting mm. you know, yeah just feeling like I don't want people to think oh a focus isn't here as much now um then trying to get back into it very quickly so there's definitely I think a lot of that is a pressure that you put on yourself um but I think perhaps now that would be a bit different because people yeah. know more about you as a person and I think in some ways there's positives from that they can celebrate with you and uh, think well it's fine we know you've got a team in place we know we're going to be looked after you don't need time. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Um, fantastic so what, what, what's the next event you're working on
1: So we're currently planning for 2022. What has been so lovely is we have so many people who have messaged saying, can I speak next year? I want to talk about this. amazing. We need to just find a really um, constructive way to make sure we're being fair and representing everyone. So we want to have a quarterly theme, whether one's one quarter we're talking about leadership and focusing in on that theme and bringing leaders and inspiration around how one might be around diversity and inclusion in the workplace. And we spend three months just talking about what we can do better tips and tricks how can we hire more fairly um and things like that so everything is kind of tbc at the moment um i'm really hoping that we could go back to in person events
0: yeah oh, that would be amazing yeah yeah just the the feeling in the room the buzz when you hear a really inspirational speaker absolutely um, and you 100% get some of these engagement then don't you it's not a case of i'll just switch my camera off and have a quick conversation in the office you're there you're engaged and, uh, yeah yeah. It's a lot easier. If you you're dying, you actually go, don't you, rather than just mm-hmm. half an hour slipped. I've missed that now. So yeah, I can't wait for events like that to come back. And I think it's great. I think um, as it's just as important to meet with your clients, your customers, your team, and actually get together, I think events you, you can't you can replicate it to an extent, but you can never yeah. compete with that, can you? Exactly. <laughs> exactly fantastic so it sounds like you've got absolutely loads going on you've made a massive impact where you're at. you've had the opportunity to grow and it's been an absolute pleasure to hear your journey and your um, you. thoughts and advice with us thank you so much for joining me and uh, taking the time to speak to me today well oh, amazing no it's been an absolute pleasure thank you for having me thank you